What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. we got a great show lined up for you guys today. We'll have plenty of Batman conversation. There was a lot of uh, news and leaks coming out about this movie in terms of who may be in the movie, what kind of story we're going to have, uh, the kind of actors, actors and actresses that may be uh, at the apple of Matt Reeves' eye in regards to who he's looking to cast. So, Plenty of interesting details. We'll focus on those a little bit later in the show. Also on the show, Spider-Man. Will we see him back in the MCU anytime soon? We didn't get great news on that front. But we did get some interesting stuff about what Sony's going to be doing moving forward. So we'll discuss that. And uh, we got a, a new t- a show to recap this week. We had a season premiere of Titan Season 2. Uh, the season finale, as you guys uh, probably remember. Very polarizing. <laughs> Um, very kind of bizarre for a lot of people. So it'd be interesting to see what you guys thought about how season two began, considering how season one ended. So should be a good show. Happy to do it. Let's get you to my co-host. Joining me are starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, what is up, dude? What are you looking forward to talking about today? Uh, what's up, EJ? Looks like we got some stuff, uh, some good stuff for this show. I am looking forward to talking about Titans. I've been looking forward to season two dropping for quite a while. I kind of felt the hype building for this show. I thought overall season one was very solid. Which, it was much better than I think anybody expected. So I'm very much looking forward to talking about that. And I'm looking forward to talking about this Batman news. Um, because I can't wait for this Batman show to come out. Mm. Yeah, I think we all... Or it's a movie, rather. Or a movie. Yes. yes. I think, I think uh, in terms of the, the movies that have yet to be announced officially... Which is kind of bizarre. This movie hasn't actually been announced officially yeah. by DC. Yeah, we've got actors and people talking about it. Like and a director just, and stuff, but yeah. it hasn't been announced. So other movies that actually haven't officially been announced, I think this is the one, probably the one that everyone's most has questions about. And um, uh, we're getting close and close to getting some more details. which makes me think that maybe we're closer to really getting some kind of finally, some kind of mm. full official announcement. Anyway, also joining me on this show uh, is Kendall. Uh, Kendall, what's up, dude? Uh, he's joining us yep. remotely from Philadelphia. What are you looking forward to talking about today? Uh, I mean, we have we have some interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, you know, um, obviously Titans is back, so uh, that show always has is is becoming like the new Gotham. Now that Gotham's gone, there's always something to talk about. So <laughs> we will talk about uh, Titans. Yep, yeah, yeah Titan. I do agree with that. The Titans. Um, Gotham definitely was the like very much like on the fringe, not afraid to take really big risks type of show, and that of course would either anger some people or make some people very happy. So uh, and they're not afraid to really go for it in regards to really showing you the DC universe as they see it. Where a lot of these shows, because of the movie rights that these companies have, they kind of hedge their bets on certain things. So I do agree that Titans definitely does take Gotham's place in that. In that, yes. They do kind of give you what you want in regards to it being a superhero show, but how they go how they go about doing it sometimes can definitely make people upset or make some people really happy. So I'm excited to see what you guys thought about this week's episode. But we will begin this show talking about the Batman because there was a lot of conversation about this show uh, about this movie coming out, and I want to begin uh, with the deep plot details that came out uh, according to uh, Daniel RPK, Daniel Richmond. So shout out to him. Uh, he, he came out with a story this week basically saying that this movie will center around a murder mystery and it will involve Batman trying to solve a bizarre set of killings 
with all of his Rose Gallery appearing as potential suspects. So we've heard a lot about this movie uh, harpening more on Batman's detective skills. And if Daniel is correct with this kind of description of what we're going to see, this definitely appears to be heading down that path. We heard noir, we've heard detective. That all fits with this. I ask you, Sham, um, are you excited about seeing this kind of Batman movie if this is indeed what we're going to be getting? Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, he has to take a... Oh, well, I guess he doesn't have to, but I think it would benefit him to take a different angle than what all these other Batman films have done, the Nolan Batman, the Tim, um, Burton. The Tim Burton. Also, all these other Batman have kind of just... They've just been action heroes. They haven't really focused yeah. on the, the intellectual aspect of Batman, which is really kind of his best trait, if you think about it. So, um, I think... It, I, I just think it's really great that they're focusing on that this time around. And it's funny because this movie uh, by Ryan Johnson that's coming out called Knives Out is kind of being praised for, right now, at least in terms of critics, for almost like reviving the murder mystery mm. genre. So I feel like that's something that's like hot right now. For sure. So I feel like it would definitely benefit Matt Reeves and benefit this movie to take that angle. And I feel like I definitely feel like it would be, it would uh, pay off, and I feel like Robert Pattinson is a good would be a good bat, a good fit for that as well, because um, I don't really see him focusing more on the action aspect of Batman, mm-hmm. but more on every every other aspect of Batman and Bruce Wayne. So I feel like this is a I feel like this is a good uh, a good uh, thing to focus on. Yeah, and and Kendall, one of the things we've heard about this movie was the influx and infusion rather of a lot of villains. And that we talked about on this show, and we've argued about whether or not this would be good or bad. I've been more optimistic that they can make this work than I think maybe you guys have been. But um, now that you're hearing that this is basically how he's going to use the rogues uh, in this aspect, if this is indeed true, would you be more in favor of all these villains appearing if this is how the story is going to play out? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I do I do agree that, um, I you know I'm glad that he's taking it. It's a different approach with this uh this Batman character. Um, you know I think uh, in terms of the the mystery vibe, um, it's not really a shock. Uh, only given that that's similar to what we've been hearing a lot about this movie, you know. They wanted to go with this noir feel, and they wanted to go back to Batman detective uh, roots and all this, all, all that talk that we had, um, whether it was legit or sourced or quotes from Matt Reeves, um, all that suggested that this is what we were going to get, and this is just more fuel to that to that idea. Um, I guess we don't really know what the movie's about till we see trailers or we get castings and we get ideas of what characters are going to be in the movie because there's so many Batman characters. But um, it is it is to me, I think, vital that um, you utilize a good amount of Batman's rogue gallery because he has so many characters. And there's a lot of them have very rich stories. And you may not be able to tell them all in, a, in one movie, but... Um, What's good about them is also their character that you don't really have to explain because they're also so popular in their own right. Yeah, I do think that uh, I think the last point is is a, a solid point by Kendall that of all the heroes we have in terms of Marvel or DC, Batman 
I would argue is the hero with the most amount of villains that need zero introduction. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, you can go probably f- at least four or five deep with Batman villains and they will oh, need yeah. no introduction. Absolutely. You never need to introduce Penguin. You never need to introduce Joker. You never need to introduce Catwoman. I would argue you never need to introduce even like the Riddler I was gonna say. or Poison Ivy. I mean, unless they're I mean, that's the, I'm down to five people already. Yeah. And, and then like... Some of the characters that have become more popular through newer movies and newer mediums, uh, even though they're not new characters, but like Bane and like Rage Ghoul, I think, are now on that level too, where I don't think they need any introduction. So that's a lot of characters that you can use that don't need very much. And that's a, and then if you, are, you add Harley Quinn in there too, if you want to make her a villain, oh, well, yeah. then Harley that's Quinn another obvious one that we never need no introduction. introduction. So, so that's a big advantage that Matt Reeves has in, in wanting to do this, which is why I, I've always felt that if anybody can kind of handle this, he could do it. Because, one, he's an excellent director, but, two, this is the character that, yes, me seeing a lot of his rogues could make sense. And you could do it in a way that doesn't give all of them the screen time to make them the villain of the movie, quote-unquote, but just enough to make these really awesome moments that we haven't seen yet in these Batman movies. I know we've had a bunch of Batman movies, but there are some confrontations and some angles to uh, to these interactions that he's had with these villains that we haven't seen quite yet, that we could now see in 2019 or 2021, whenever we're going to see this movie, that could be really cool and interesting. So I'm really excited about this idea. I think that it's, uh, I think that it's a, a smart idea. I think it's a great way, again, to use uh, one of the great strengths of the Batman comics, which are his villains, and the idea that him trying to piece together a mystery that uh, he's having difficulty with is exciting to me um, because that detective aspect of him is something that you said Shamari has not been explored. If there's one drawback or one concern I would have is because what you don't want to have is, like I told you guys before, and I think I've made this euphemism before, is that what I expected to see, which is what we're going to get it sounds like, I expected to see a bunch of drive-bys. Drive-by with this guy, and there's maybe there's a fight scene. Drive by with this person, there's a fight scene. I think what I what I what I would be a little bit concerned of is if it really becomes him kind of chasing his own tail. Do we get enough action in that movie, or do we are we just getting really cool interactions? Uh, that would be my only concern because if he's chasing down a mystery, that doesn't necessarily suggest all the time that that, that means you're going to see a lot of action, a lot of hand to hand combat, a lot of fighting, a lot of uh, certain situations that maybe we would be enticed to want to explore. I would hope that we still get those moments and we get enough of them. I don't want just a just a pure, you know, uh, just a pure mystery movie that doesn't really en- encompass any action. Not to say that Matt's going to do that. I don't think he has interest in doing that. I would just say that would be my one caveat to this is that he needs to still find a way to make this exciting. Because um, uh, as you said, Sham, the last, all the Batman movies we've had have been thrilling. And while it's great that we are going more detective, I don't think you should lose that thrilling aspect to it because I think that's what makes Batman fun as well. I agree with that, and and uh, that's I don't I'm not concerned about that because I mean I think that t- having less action is would um, I wouldn't necessarily say uh, be welcomed, but I just think if he's going with this kind of tone, I think it makes sense. And I don't think it would make the movie any worse. I wouldn't be like, man, why isn't Batman beating somebody up? I'm, I would be like, look, I mean, if he's figuring out who's killing people, 
that's just as important, if not more important, than him right. beating people up. So, so yeah, I I just want to see a good Batman story told. Um, I mean, I feel like that is. Uh, I mean, as someone that that's played the games, I feel like that's what made the Arkham games so mm-hmm. fun is figuring out what the heck is going on and yeah. helping him do that and beating up people along the way. That's what made the Telltale game so fun is figuring out what the heck is going on and, and beating up people along the way. I feel like that that's what this movie is going to be. Him trying to figure out what happened, what's going on, and get into fights with his with with uh, you know his uh, most famous villains along the way. I mean, I feel like that's just um, honestly, I feel like that's just a recipe for success when it comes to bat- to telling a good Batman story. Now, staying on the villains aspect of this, Kendall, one of the the stories that also came out this week from Heroic Hollywood was that. Um, Matt Reeves is uh, looking for a woman of color to play Catwoman. Now, we've had Eartha Kitt, who was Catwoman, in the Adam West Batman. We, of course, had that uh, very yeah, forgettable uh, Harley Quinn, I mean, uh, Halle Berry, Halle Berry. Um, disastrous <laughs> movie we had in the, in the mid-2000s. And so it's not like this is foreign territory for, for, for us to have a woman of color playing uh, Catwoman. But this is apparently the route that Matt is appearing to go. Kendall, he said that, or at least the reporting, is that Zoe Kravitz was the kind of archetype that he was looking for. And that the role would have been Kravitz's had she had the scheduling to actually do it. Apparently there's a scheduling conflict that won't allow her to play the role. So now he's on the hunt looking for that next person. Kendall, one, do you like that aspect of Zoe Kravitz being the archetype for a Catwoman character or Catwoman casting? And... Do do you see a fit with who could possibly play that role if that's the route that Matt's going? Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't really lean one way or the other. You know, Catwoman is not one of those characters where she has to be a certain, she has to have a certain look to her. But, um, like you said, we, you know, you have Halle Berry and then you have Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, <laughs> play the same character, so, um both very high profile uh so it it's not uh i don't think i don't think that that's a that that's a big deal one way or the other um i don't think people really because of the the halle berry was so high profile even though it flopped um i don't think people care that much um but i mean i guess in terms of names i mean i don't know you know there are people out there obviously um, but there's always like underground names that you don't really know about that are like, you know, maybe a TV actor out there that like you don't even realize is like being looked at for movie roles. Like, I mean, they're they're like the 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 big names, you know, Zazzy Beats, for example, is mm-hmm. you know a rising is a rising actress in Hollywood, and but you know she kind of made a lot of her name off of television, and yeah, and she started doing movies recently. And, so I it, sometimes it's really hard to it's really hard to to kind of pinpoint you know I don't you know if, if Zoe Kravitz is the top of the list and I don't imagine they're going for a listers you know I don't imagine Beyonce's in the running to play Catwoman. Uh, no. um, so I, 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 I see I've seen people make the call for uh, Rihanna already. Yeah, I mean that's a no for me though. Yeah, that's I mean you're you're I mean look. You know, this is a little Lady Gaga. What movie was she in? A Star is Born. Yeah, a Star is Born. 
Apparently, she's great like, job in that. Singing that movie though is not kind of the point though. That she was also in um right American Horror Story. I thought she was good actually. And you know, so then people thought, oh, maybe she's a Black Canary, or maybe she's Huntress, and so I look. I mean, like that's not like. Like Lady Gaga didn't come in with all this experience, she ended up being pretty good at it. Um, so it's not like Rihanna won't be good, but it does feel like a recipe for disaster. Speaking of musicians, uh, Sham, that uh, speaking of musicians that act, uh, I thought shout out to my girlfriend Andrea Lynch. Uh, she, I thought she had an interesting uh, suggestion. She had Janelle Monet. Mm. Um, Janelle Monet is a excellent actress. Um, I thought that was an interesting idea. I could I could see that. Um, to be honest, I told I told her when I discussed it with her this morning. I felt like I think a person that would have fit in a lot of ways, though they are a little young. I think is Zendaya. <laughs> I think Zendaya has a feline no, kind of look. I feel like she. I agree with that, but she has a feline yeah, look. I think she has. I think she has a. I think she has the build. I think, I think she would have been. I wonder if she could pull off. I mean, I know she. I know these actors and actresses usually don't do stunt work, but I mean, Catwoman is 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 right. like she's like a professional gymnast type yeah. type stunt work. And I mean, but I, Anne Hathaway, like you know, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have thought Anne Hathaway could do that either. I don't think she, I don't think Anne Hathaway is more athletic than Zendaya. True, but I feel like I feel like Reeves should be going for that though. I feel you on that. I, mean, I, 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 mean, feel, I, want, I feel you I want, on that. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know <laughs> if that's required because Anne Hathaway was was phenomenal. I think it's Catwoman, and, and it depends on what he wants this Catwoman not, to do. No, and everybody thought that casting was ridiculous. And that, that actually was of all the things that people complained about going into the movie. That was that when we left. That Why was does not Catwoman have to be able to sing though. Is that a, is that a thing that, that no that's no not at all it's not it's oh, not okay. it's just it's just something I, I mentioned because just, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you mentioned like, Beyonce yeah, I mentioned Rihanna like, and then I was like yeah oh, I mentioned Beyonce same, because, yeah and I said since maybe, we since we've now said two singers let me give you a singer who actually can act <laughs> and someone who <laughs> I was already thinking I was like wait 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 so what, why does Catwoman need to sing <laughs> it was bugging me out um, oh right, yeah yeah no Catwoman does not need to sing for those Demi Lovato at home like what Shamar, do you have any thoughts on on this idea that Reese has, and any any potential actresses that you would want to see in the role? I, my girlfriend also mentioned Tessa Thompson, which I've heard a lot of people talk about as well. And again, same issue: you have someone who's locked into Marvel, and, and with that work going over to DC. Um. Hmm. I I don't know who I mean I'm I'm kind of with Kendall where I'm just like listen man just Catwoman is Catwoman anybody can play Catwoman when well, maybe not anybody can play Catwoman but I mean you can uh, she's such a she's you just need someone that can be mysterious plays playful I personally prefer someone that's very physically fit able to do things like able to be physical. I want a Catwoman that can be physical with Batman on screen. That's what I would prefer to see, honestly. Um, but do you get I, to the point, though, where, like, I mean, we, we've... 
like at what point do we just kind of assume that like anybody who's getting cast in these roles is going to be trained to get the job done in that regard? Because I mean we've had we've had uh, we've had Gal Gadot, which uh, raised a lot of eyebrows, a lot of question marks, mm-hmm. um, and she shut up a lot of people with how her performance oh, yeah, in Wonder did. Woman. Sure. Yeah, we just mentioned Anne Hathaway. Um, I I, to, I just feel like and I think we're gonna probably hear the same stuff about Natalie Portman. I think she'll probably kill it as Thor. Like I. I, like that was something that I'm wondering if that's kind of been like a fanboy fantasy that we've like kind of been stupid about. Like, does it really matter? Like that whole idea that it needs to be someone who's like Michelle Rodriguez that to play any like female actor. Like, could any female actress who really wants to do it and get in the shape and do the things necessary can like are they just capable of doing it? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, is it not like sports where it's like, oh, I need a three point shooter to stretch the floor? Like, no. Like, all these people are talented. They can do the job. They just haven't been asked to do it yet. That's the question I would have with that. I know then, of course, we... And now now this is a man I'm talking about, but then we did have the Finn Jones disaster with the season one of Iron Fist. I guess the only difference would be that guy trying to be a master kung kung fu... A master black belt kung fu guy. We're just talking about someone who could fight and, you know, throw... You know, hit somebody with a whip a couple times. Like, we're not talking about someone who needs to be a kung fu master. Right. Well, but that's true, and that's fair. I feel like whoever played, um, what's her name, Tabitha in Gotham. I've like, heard her mention. Like, I feel like she did yeah. a, a fantastic job. Yeah, I've seen her mention, too. And she was, she was, you know, she was like, seemed like she was actually able to fight. I'm sure they would train up whoever they cast, but I would just, I don't know. I would just prefer someone who... Um, who I know, someone like uh, uh, Tessa Thompson, who I thought did very well in in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is a a uh, she's at least someone that I know. Like, okay, I can definitely see her throwing down like at the drop of a hat. And um, uh, the an example of someone that I wouldn't want it was when you mentioned Zendaya. I'm like Zendaya looks like she weighs like eighty pounds. You know, and it's not like you know. I'm not saying that she can't like bulk it up, but she's like a mom. But Catwoman is sleek though. Like she's not like she's not like. I feel like Catwoman isn't built like most of your female superhero or she's not villain. That's true. Like like so like that fights. I mean, obviously, like like she's built similar to like I guess like Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy's not a fighter per se. Like she is like built like a smaller woman. No, she is. Yeah, and I think that. Zendaya fits that look to me of what Catwoman looks like if I was to pick someone who wasn't yeah, right to play that role. Obviously, she'd have to gain some weight. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, like I mean, she's, she's very skinny, obviously. Yeah, but, it's, but, but, you know... She, but we said the same thing about Gal like, Gadot. And Gal Gadot's movies are long movies. Yeah, exactly. Like, she could probably put on enough to where, like, you can write... It, you can make it believable in the movie that, like, she could fight people, you know, like, and be, like really like a threat um there are some people like i mean look they cast ronda rousey of course like now i think catwoman is a real serious threat from day one you know like i don't have to tell her to get in shape like yeah but then you have but, someone who can't act yeah and that's, exactly. that's, you and that's the thing so i you know i think they would rather write it they'd rather cast somebody who they think can play selena kyle and can play catwoman at a high level but you know have stunt people do the major stunts and have them do a little bit, train them to the point where have them work out to the point where they look like a physical threat and they can do some minimal stunt work. I mean, there's very few, I think there's very few actors in Hollywood that are Tom Cruise where they're like, yeah, I want to do every stunt. 
I want to do everything. You know, like a lot of times, a lot of them I think are not doing their own stuff. But I don't know. I I think it's interesting. I, I don't know how much I believe it, but you know, because right now everything I've heard, and I guess there's more we're talking about. Everything I've heard is that you know, <laughs> apparently you know, the, the Batman movie is gonna be an all black cast. Like, I've heard about a, a black Harvey Dent. I've heard about a black. Yeah, yeah, I guess Commissioner Gordon. Well, yeah, that gets me about. to that brings me right to my next story. <laughs> now a black cow, which so is that uh, also the last Batman story <laughs> of the day is that um, according to Collider, and a lot of uh, good scoops coming out this week. Um, apparently, Matt Reeves has met with uh, Academy Award winner and newly minted Blade uh, actor Mahershala Ali to play Commissioner Gordon. So this would be. Obviously, a, a grave step away from, I guess, what we've typically seen from Commissioner Gordon, though I think, again, for going through, through our... It's, it's incredible that we have to go through this now every time there's a different casting. Our, our race test of who can play who, it's gotten out of control. But again, similar <laughs> yeah, to Catwoman... Yeah, I, I like stopping It's like Catwoman. But similar to Catwoman, like, there's nothing to say that Jim Gordon can't be anything other than white. I mean, but, uh, it would make, but then it... Well, I'll leave you, I'll leave but uh, but but nonetheless, this would still will be uh, a somewhat a diversion from from uh, from the uh, from the canon. What I would say is, I think that what this tells me is, like I, I, you know, you'll have your trolls and your you know regressive folk online saying, "Oh, the social justice warriors are winning. Uh, uh, they make it turning every our heroes white or black or whatever." What I what I take from this is I think that Reeves has an idea of certain people. He has a certain vision for like these specific characters that he and and he's eyeing certain people for those roles. And to me, the idea that he was eyeing Zoe Kravitz, who we didn't even mention, who I think would have been a tremendous choice for Catwoman. I think that that would have been an a phenomenal, excellent choice. I think she was like... I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, I think of all the people... If we're talking about women of color, like, she was only off the list because she took herself off the list. I would have stopped the list there and said, yeah, that's where you would go. Beyond anyone else we mentioned. But, to me, I think this is more of Reeves just having a vision of what he wants to do, and it doesn't matter what race that person is, he's gonna want to, you know, approach them. If this is indeed true, that he talked to Ali about playing Commissioner Gordon... It's kind of an interesting take. Like, Commissioner Gordon is just so, like, I don't know how to describe him. Like, he just, he, he just doesn't, nothing about Mahershala Ali screams Commissioner Gordon to me, which is why I'd be curious to see what his Commissioner Gordon would look like. I don't know what you guys think of, of I, this potential, Kendall. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think he can do it. Uh, I think it'd be good. I just don't, I just think it'd be like, very different than what we've seen. From Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Oh, I think. Well, it's definitely gonna be different from what some of the roles he's played, but I mean, I don't know. See, I think, I think we're not. I, I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm gonna give Ali the credit that I think he could just play the role that we've seen and what we've traditionally read about Commissioner really? Gordon. Like, I can, I can envision him. Like, he would be a much more like he'd have to be a much more laid back, like you know, passive character than he's. Than, than we've probably seen from him in other in other movies, but um, I guess that's the thing. Like Commissioner Gordon is, is is so brave, he's very honorable, but he like no character I've ever seen Ali play is helpless. 
And I do feel like <laughs> Commissioner Gordon a lot of times is helpless in a lot of ways. And he kind of um, has this kind of like, woe is me kind of attitude about being so helpless that he kind of can't control his own city and he's relying on some vigilante to kind of do it for him. I could never imagine like Ali playing that character. Ali just always seems to play very strong, very like in charge, independent folk. So like to see him like be play someone who's so reliant on yeah. something that he's so uncomfortable with. I, I just never seen him do it. I, the guy is a A plus actor, so could he do it? I'm sure he could. It just would be very different from what I've seen from him. And if that's not the Gordon we're seeing, if we're seeing something more to what we've seen from Ali. And that's a very different Gordon we've seen. Either way, I'd like, be intrigued. I, look at it, I just don't like know. JT I just have never seen it either way. Like, J.K. Simmons went from J. Jonah Jameson to to Jim Gordon. And, like, I mean, I don't think he was a bad Commissioner Gordon. He, Commissioner Gordon such a mundane character. I think almost any, like, decent actor could play him. You know, like, it's, it, there isn't a whole lot of... I mean, like, you can tell Jim Gordon stories that are very nuanced. But from the Batman perspective, it's they're hard to do. You know, like, unless you're doing, like, a year one story or a story where, like, it's a Jim Gordon, like, Gotham or something, like, it, from Batman's perspective, he's just going to be the, the, the good cop that, like... Yeah, uh, smoke, smoke the cigar. Yeah, smoke the cigar. Like, oh, like where'd he go? Like, the, 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 <laughs> the lamp, you know, or the, the bat signal, like, you know, rooftop meeting, oh, where'd he go? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Bullock's the bad cop, dirty cop. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, like... I, I mean, I think I think he could do it, um, but like again, I, I I just for me, I question the validity of these stories. When you know, a month ago we had you know John David Washington might be playing Harvey Dent, and now we got Barry Shalane, uh Gordon, and you know we got Zoe Kravitz. And, I mean, I guess that would mean Barbara Gordon. In his universe is also black. I mean, she's younger. This is a younger badness. I don't think she'd be in it. But like, I don't know. It just seems like uh, again, maybe this is a situation where look, they just want more diversity on the cast. So they're saying we have the option of one of these characters being black. I don't think they're all going to be black. And look, they're also talking about we want a lot of characters. So they're not going to make the Penguin black. They're not going to make the Riddler Asian. They're not going to make you know Clay. Or maybe they could. But point being, um, I, I just don't think that all of these things are true. Maybe some of it's true. Maybe there's there are parts that I'm sure they're not making this stuff out of thin air. But um, I do wonder if this is more about like the individuals than it is about the the actual. Well, that's what I said. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, and I, and I made that point. I, to me, like the way what I take it from this is Reeves has a vision of what he, he needs from the actor who's going to play these roles and he's looking at people regardless of race. And I think right. the Catwoman thing, I could I could see him or the company saying, "Hey, we want a female lead, let's make them person of color since our lead is white." I could see that happening. I think these other like if we're talking about Harvey Dent, we're talking about Gordon, I think that's more of him being like, who will be a great Jim Gordon for what I need from my Jim Gordon? I don't know how you come up with Harsha Ali in that regard, other than him being just a fantastic actor. Uh, but that's that could be where he came to when he was asking people about who he asked people to, about their interest in wanting to be in his movie. Um, 
But I agree. I don't think this is becoming this large. I need to find, you know, 10 black people to fill my movie. I think it's more of he has a vision and he's going after whoever he's going after. And I think in turn, even, even, let's say, even with the Zoe Kravitz thing with Catwoman, like, he had a person. So, like, maybe he's working off of that starting point and he's starting with saying, well, if I was going to cast someone black before, I should probably maybe still keep in that path. You know, maybe he doesn't want to say, I'm going to go from a black woman to a white woman just to miss the role because only that. Kravis could have played this role. Like I can see him mm-hmm. thinking that too. So, um, it's 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 interesting. It's it's is a bizarre. It's, a, it's this following this movie has just been so interesting. Um, we had earlier this week Pattinson talking about how he got the role, and essentially he just wouldn't stop calling Reeves. Like he just he just um, he he badly wanted the role. He talked about how he thought about for a lot of years about wanting to do this role which excites me like to me like i i I like the idea that especially since we came off of having a batman who was miserable and affleck had a lot of other reasons beyond just being batman as to why he was miserable but nonetheless he was miserable at the time of him playing batman and he's a great actor i think he he put i think he put on decent performances despite the issues he was going through the fact that we had a guy busting down the doors to try to get this role tells me that i mean may, maybe he's in it for the cash grab but I, something about just the, the comments i heard from pattinson this week made me excited that okay no this guy he's not just someone who's just been eyeing this money i think he really thinks that he could do this job he's really excited about it and he mentioned how jumping in the bat suit the first time how crazy it was during testing and how uh, the next day, he, he was working on a movie that was being directed by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> so then now he's asking about Christopher Nolan about being Batman. So he said it's, it's, it's for him, he feels like it's all falling into place you know, yeah. quite nicely for him. I'm sure it has to be kind of crazy. Yeah, definitely. You, you dream about playing Batman. You beg the director who getting Batman to play Batman. He actually picks you after you audition. And then the next day, you're already on a movie with Nolan, who did the best Batman movies we've ever seen. And he's giving you tips on how to play Batman. Yeah, that absolutely. It's a good has life. To be crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure Pattinson's living the life. You know, people are forgetting that he was Edward Cullen <laughs> from Twilight. So I mean, he's he's doing well for himself. Uh, he's moving up in the world. Um, uh, uh, very quickly, re- quickly, with regards to Mahershala Ali being Gordon. I mean, I think anybody can play Gordon. Personally, I think that I think Ali is a great actor. I think he can do the job. You know, if he chooses Mahershala Ali, uh, I think having a diverse cast in the movie is is good. Is good. I think I'd be welcome to uh, to see it. But I agree with you, EJ. I think he's looking just looking at people of all backgrounds to play the roles. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, if you got the talent, no matter what you, exactly. whatever what race you are, he he's gonna look at you. Yeah. So um, I think that's what the situation is. And I'm sure Pattinson's. I'm sure he's he's jumping for joy. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about Pattinson until I heard, I heard that he got uh, announced um, uh, to be to play this role. Uh, though I know he's going to be in in some popular movies uh, coming up as well. So he's doing he's doing really well. He's getting a lot of work. So uh, good for him. I'm happy for him, and I hope he does a good job as Batman. Um, yeah, I I mean I co-sign all of those uh, statements as well. Let's uh let's shift gears now though. Let's go back to uh, Spider Man, which we didn't talk about last week. It's been a whirlwind. Uh, 
couple of weeks ever since the announcement came down for Sony or Marvel, whatever you want to, whoever was at fault. Regardless, Spider-Man is being pulled from the MCU, whether it's Sony pulling them or Marvel pushing them away. Regardless, that is the reality we are living in as mm -hmm. of as we speak today. And according to uh, the top dog at Sony, that is the reality that will stay that way, at least for now. So Sony CEO Tony uh, Vincicera, uh, pardon me if I missed that pronunciation, but uh, he says the door is, quote, closed for the moment when it comes to Spider-Man reappearing in the MCU. He says Sony has great respect for Marvel and what they've done, but adds that uh, Sony also has terrific people and that Kevin Feige, quote, didn't do all the work. He says the studio is currently working on five to six Spider-Man TV series uh, moving forward. Um, Holland also this week said that uh, Spider-Man was still in good hands being with Sony. Um, and I thought also was interesting quotes from the Russo brothers this week who they, who said that they were not surprised that this fell apart, essentially. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, they said they weren't surprised because they knew how hard it was to get the deal done. And they basically kept begging Kevin Feige to go back to Sony to get the deal done. And Kevin kind of had this look on his face like, oh, okay, this is going to be very difficult. And having to go back and forth and getting it done, he says, knowing the work it, it was to get it done, he's not surprised it fell apart so easily. Oh, they're, they're not surprised it fell apart so easily. So, Sham, um, here's our update on the Spider-Man situation. The words from the Sony CEO closed for the moment. Do you feel more relieved or less relieved about the future of Spider-Man in the MCU? And what do you make about these five to six Spider-Man shows we're getting? Uh, less relieved. I mean, I don't think I don't think this. I, I'm being a negative Nancy. I don't think this is gonna get done. Yeah, you 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 said that this is not gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. I think that uh, you know Sony's gas right now. <laughs> you know they they need something to knock them off their pedestal before they would be willing to say, oh, okay, we'll just accept your deal. But until then, they're not gonna accept a deal. They think, listen, we have Spider-Man. Spider-Man is making us a lot of money. <laughs> Spider-Man properties are making us a lot of money. Not just on TV, but in video games. Spider-Man is making us a ton of money. We're selling all these copies of games and and all this stuff. Disney's making all this money off of merchandise. So it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to keep making the movies and we're going to do it our way. And, and we have people that know Spider-Man and love Spider-Man. We have Lord Miller. We have all these other people that love Spider-Man and want to work with Tom Holland. So that's what they're going to do. So I don't think they want to make this deal uh, <laughs> work. Uh, I th either that or they're just like, listen, Marvel, if you want Spider-Man, you got to accept the deal that we had. Or that's it. You know, I, but, you know, but Marvel doesn't want, Disney doesn't want to do that. So I don't think the deal's going to work. What do you think about these five to six Spider-Man movies? movie tv shows uh i mean i i mean we involved. we had already kind of been hearing that we were getting several different shows we had heard di all these different names of shows um so i mean that doesn't surprise me either i think that it is uh i feel i feel like we had heard that they wanted to do shows before uh, uh, as well that they wanted to do shows so i mean i i mean hey i'm in favor of it in terms of the shows specifically i i well, this is the plus of, I guess, of having of Sony having Spider-Man is that we're gonna get more Spider-Man content. You know, we're gonna get more Spider-Man shows, more Spider-Man stuff. Um, but it's gonna be Holland related, uh, just not in the MCU, which is gonna piss a lot of people off. But uh, I mean, it is what it is. I think, I think eventually people will just get used to it. So, Kendall, uh, do you feel more relieved or less relieved after uh, 
statements from Sony this week, and what do you make of the new shows? Five to six is the number that uh, Sony is using in regards to the new Spider-Man shows. Um, I, I mean, I guess I look. Do I? I don't feel any. I mean, I don't really feel any different about the situation. Like I think it could work itself out um, at some point. But I think Sony right now, I agree with Mario, even in a situation where they, they they feel good about the situation they're in. And they didn't feel good about the situation they were in when they felt like they were just being ripped off by Marvel. Whether or not that was the case or not, I mean, obviously at this point it's irrelevant. But um, they, felt like they, were, they felt like they were being ripped off. And so they didn't feel comfortable with the deal, even though they were making money. Marvel was making money, everybody was happy, but they felt they were giving too much of a, of, they weren't uh, getting enough of what they felt they earned, and um, or really it's due to the vice, vice versa, Disney felt like they were getting yeah, enough. That, yeah, I would say Disney's really but, was unhappy with the deal, hence why they tried to get more money. Um, but, I don't know, I mean, I, it's, it, it's, it's interesting because I think I mean, these Spider-Man shows five or six sounds like a lot. You know that that Spider-Man, like, I mean, look, one of them. Let's say one of them is the Black Cat and Silver Sable show. Let's say one of them's Craven. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Five? How are you getting the five and six Spider-Man shows? I mean, I, I I think I thought it was a decent idea when I heard it floated out that they should do a, a Spider-Man version of Gotham. Like doesn't sound doesn't sound great, but and then of course there are some Spider Verse animated spinoffs that they could actually work absolutely work, or just doing a Spider Verse animated show. But I, I mean, I, I think if you're gonna do a a Spider Man show, if you want to do a Spider a, a Spider Man show pre Spider Man, like it, it could get, it probably would get goofy like Gotham, but I mean I would watch. So I don't know, but five or six definitely seems excessive. I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, I didn't think we didn't think Venom was gonna do well, and it did well yes, yes, monetarily. Sure. They made money; people saw it and enjoyed it. So, I mean, I think, I think Sony, as I've said, not giving them their flowers for that. I, mean, I think Sony deserves a ton of credit for their marketing campaign for that movie. I think that they right. they hit a, they batted a thousand. They didn't do anything wrong. The only thing they did wrong was that first trailer not showing Venom. That was only remember. I remember I blasted them for that. But everything else after that, the second trailer had so much venom in it, and it was like the shot they used was perfect, and like, and then the, the promotional stuff, the money they spent, where they placed him, it, everything about it was great except for the movie. So they deserve credit for that. I, I still hold my breath on terms of giving them so many flowers for that situation because I do feel like um, the Spider-Man Homecoming situation definitely buoyed the venom support and i definitely feel like what will they do in a sequel when there's so much animosity towards sony and towards that movie the the previous movie that we just saw like that's going to be a much more harder sell so i can't they did it before but i can't say lightning's going to strike twice because now there's even more animosity to that company well, I think that company at that point had a lot of goodwill for a lot of people, and hence why they gave Venom a chance. And Venom's not doing whatever it did the first weekend next time. I'll mark that down today. 
if they did seventy nine or eighty million, I think that first weekend they're not doing that again. Uh, they're not going to break seventy five. I don't think. But I mean, that's me not seeing anything that they've put together or what the movie is. But even if it's Venom and Carnage, I just think that that's their name is so bad, and and, that, and that's why these comments are interesting to me. These comments make me less relieved that this could get worked out because Sony sounds extremely proud in these comments. They sound um, they sound extremely proud. Uh, as I mean, the guy tried to give Marvel some respect, but then also said Kevin didn't do all the work. We have terrific people too. I think. I think that, you know, I, I, maybe I misjudged this, but I, I thought that Sony would tuck their tails behind between their legs and kind of just go back to Disney and say, let's get something done because we can't take this anymore. It sounds like to me that they've actually been fired up by the negative press, which is kind of uh, from like a from a creative standpoint, it's kind of cool. Like, I think that that's great that they, they kind of feel like, all right, well, look, let's show you what we can do. Like, y'all talking about Kevin getting all the credit and Marvel being the only reason why we they can we can do a Spider-Man, right? Let us show you what we can do. Now, I have no interest in seeing what they can do. But I think from a creative standpoint, the fact that they sound this motivated, I do think is good just in terms of just making a, the next Spider-Man movie great. I don't think it's good in regards to fixing this situation. I think if their reaction to this is to be prideful, Prideful pride is not going to get them to come back to the table and get cool heads to prevail with Disney and Sony. So uh, right now, I think uh, Tony from Sony is uh, expressing a lot of pride, which they should. I mean, they're a company that has done great work and they've done great work with Spider-Man. So I would get why they'd feel like, hey, I get I get that Disney and Marvel are great, but we're not chopped liver either. But uh, but in terms of you know what that means for the future of Spider-Man and the MCU, it ain't good. Uh, I, I before this week I leaned more to Spider Man will be the next movie will be in the MCU. Now I lean the other way. I think Spider Man will not be in the MCU in the next movie. Uh I do think he'll be back. I just don't know when that will be. I would have said for sure it was gonna be before the next movie. Now I don't know. Which sucks. I mean that's just it sucks that it's come to this, but uh money is the root of all evil, or Joey Badass said, money is the root of all people. Either way, that's what it comes down to. Uh, it's, it's the power of the dollar, and that that's going to be the determining factor whether or not we ever get to see uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man back in, in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I do I do agree with Kendall that five to six, or maybe it was you, I forgot who said it. Yes, okay, Kendall, five to six shows definitely does sound excessive. Um, if you're giving me one really good Spider-Man Spider-Verse show, okay, I could take that. Um, they don't have the rights to a Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man show anymore, do they? Because doesn't Marvel have those rights? Which is why we have this terrible Spider-Man show that's on Disney XD right now. The, 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 I don't know what I heard. I, I don't know if it's true, but I heard from you know some you know some the the Twitter experts was that <laughs> if it's an hour long show that Sony can do it, but if it's thirty minutes or less, that it, it's on that Marvel. Interesting. That's what I heard. Right. So you know, I can't. I don't. I don't know that. When? What's what? What animated show is an hour long? I don't even know if there is one right now. I can't think of anyone right now. Hour long animated show? No, those don't exist. <laughs> those do not exist. That's not easy. It probably costs too much money to do that. I mean, you don't. I mean, you can only do ten episodes. You can't. You can't do a lot with that. 
Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, not even streaming services. So they, I, I would I would say that a Peter Parker Spider Man show is unlikely. Is that fair to say? Given that there aren't that many hour long shows, but they never said what's interesting that they never said these shows are animated. Yeah, right. The original. Report, I was giving. Yeah, I was giving them that. that animated, yeah, but but. but. To me, the reason why the only reason why I even brought up the animated stuff was because to me, that's the only way I think this is that I would be okay with five or six Spider-Man shows. Like I, <laughs> right, I just exactly. don't know They're five or six live-action shows. Okay, Black Cat, you can convince me. Craven, okay, you can convince me. After you get to those two, I'm assuming you're saving uh, anything with Osborne to be on a movie. So. That would be the third character I'd say maybe is worth having a show, but when, you know something maybe more like uh, Wolf of Wall Street type show. Like I could see that being kind of cool maybe with Osborne, but that doesn't seem to where be where they're going. Uh, I'm, like, what else I'm are we getting? I'm telling you, man. I don't all, know what all else. the characters, all the characters you name. I'd put them all on one show and make it call it Gotham. <laughs> Call it just but call it Forest Hills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Old like you know, I mean, Peter Parker is gonna be the kid, but he's gonna be living with. He's gonna be he's gonna be living with parents, but he's not he's not living with parents. He's gonna be living with Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Maybe you just move with them, like. So who's, then, so like, who's you have? So who's gonna be the? Who's gonna be the Gordon? That's that's the Robbie question. Robbie Robbie Robinson. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't, look, you guys guess as good as me. If it's not him, I don't know who. I mean, you honestly, I mean, you, you can make someone up. I mean, you can make Captain Stacy if you want. Oh, that like, actually might be dope. But that would be a, a rip from Gotham, though. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a complete rip. <laughs> it'd be but, rip. Like, yeah, I mean, no originality. But I mean, <laughs> for spitballing, they can do that. And you know, I mean, like, would it be again? Would it be a chaotic mess? Of course, Gotham's a chaotic mess, but like Gotham also yeah. had five seasons. Yeah, people, people kind of like people like to kind of like the chaos sometimes. Exactly, sometimes the chaos brings entertain is entertaining. You're right. If so. you told me the other show where, where they were going to build Norman Osborn into Green Goblin at some level, even if he's not Green Goblin, but Norman Osborn's around, and maybe you do have a Doc Ock or you, or you have an Otto Octavius, and you have. I a, think I think a Norman Osborn show could be really good. I really believe that. And if you made him younger, even like I, 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 I like that's why that a was the, that was the yeah, three I shows I gave you. I, I said I think you gave me those three shows. I could, I could see someone convince me that those could be good. I don't know what you're doing after that because Morbius is a movie. <laughs> I don't want to see no Morbius anything. Like I don't. Yeah, I would. I, Morbius shouldn't be anything. Morbius yeah, should be talking. I wish Morbius would just go away. I don't. <laughs> I don't know any Spider-Man fans like Morbius. I don't know what yeah, the like, obsession <laughs> that Sony Morbius had with Morbius. Really my <laughs> they clearly the missed the boat Marvel. on vampires being hot like ten years ago, and if like the idea that they're really going forward with this, that Jared Leto is somewhere in Britain filming this thing, is is just is mind-boggling to me. <laughs> but I do think that we're at the stage where I think Sony may have to kind of fail for this Marvel thing to come back together, and that's bad. Because I don't want to see Absolutely. bad Absolutely. Spider-Man content for this to happen, but at, at, like if we're talking about five Spider-Man shows, we might that might be what happens. Like I, that doesn't sound like a good idea to me. Like we're all Spider-Man fans. I have seen plenty of Spider-Man fans online. I haven't heard one person excited about this guy saying there are five or six Spider-Man shows coming. Yep, that says that's a bad sign. 
That 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 to me is the obvious sign of you're doing too much. And that to me is what Sony's doing. But as I said, right now, I think they're in that prideful moment. They're the they're they're in the relationship breakup stage of I'm going out there. I'm getting every honey I can find. Yeah. That's the that's the stage. In, in breakups, you have certain stages. You know, you have your grief, you have your mourning, then you have your resentment, then you have your denial. They're in the weather stages where I'm just gonna get every honey I can find. That's the that's the stage that Sony's in right now. They're like, we gonna do, they, we gonna do thirty shows, and we gonna have five more movies. Like they just they they're saying stuff that they know they can't put together. They know that don't make no sense. But they want to show the world. They want to show the world that they are that they they can get it done without Marvel, which is is natural. But um, it might be to the detriment of the fans, which of course at the end of the day is not good for all of us. Real quickly, guys, um, before we get to uh, uh, um, Titans, we do we did have some uh, some leaks. We don't normally talk about leaks, but these were just uh, screenshots. So, and it's an animated show, so I felt fine talking about it today. Uh, the What If Marvel series coming to Disney Plus. We got some leaks regarding um, certain characters that we'll be seeing in this show. As the guys knew before we did this show in our pre-production meeting, I didn't know the show was animated. I still don't know how you didn't know that. I don't know. I just didn't. So, know. so like, what? What? What did you envision? What was your like? I had no idea. You I just thought they were being mad vague about it. I thought they were mad vague about it, and I didn't know what to expect. I feel like I remember a long time ago them saying it would be animated. Then hearing, saying, but like, then hearing nothing else about it, but you forgot. But also, Marvel's been weirdly coy about everything going on on Disney Plus. And that's fair. They keep saying things like the shows are happening, and then like that's it. Like I knew it was animated only because like, like they said that like, oh yeah, like we're having all these actors from the MCU back, and so like I mean, you know, Chadwick Boseman. That's why I was confused. Yeah, that's why I was very confused. Yeah. But then I thought yeah, maybe it was going to be like. um black mirror that's that's what i thought this was gonna be like if you ask me like kennel asked me what i think was that's what i thought i thought it's gonna be a black mirror and black mirror is like a show that every episode is totally different there are new actors every episode new directors every episode i thought that was gonna be this for marvel it I mean, seemed like it's gonna be very expensive maybe that's what they may end up building to. I don't know. yeah it seems very expensive but this <laughs> disney is a piggy bank like I, I i'm not gonna say what they can't afford um, but yes, I yes. So if you were laughing at home, I did not. I was not one hundred percent sure this was an animated show, and this was my only confirmation was actually seeing these animated stills. Uh, the first one that we saw was T'Challa as Star Lord, and what that would have meant if T'Challa was Star Lord instead of um, uh, Peter Quill. This one didn't make any sense to me. I gotta be honest. I don't see. Yeah, I don't see. Like to me, like from from someone who remembered when the What If comics were coming out for Marvel, the What If comics were very much directed as to like if this event happened in this way, what would have happened? Like to me, like T'Challa being being Star Lord is just random. Yeah, it's just like like the, I can't see how he could have been Star Lord. The only thing I'll say, <laughs> I, and I one hundred percent agree. Like there is no. Besides them both being Marvel characters and both being <laughs> like Avengers Heroes. more or less, like yeah. there is no connection. But the only thing I'll say is, look, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. We haven't watched it yet. Of course, that's so always that, that's a caveat for every opinion on this show. <laughs> yeah, more or less. But like, <laughs> I'll give them the I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say, look, maybe there is something. Figure maybe out what, that's the whatever point, story. You know what I mean? Like maybe. They want it to seem so ridiculous, and then you watch it, and it's like, oh, we didn't even realize they have this obvious. Like, 
So like imagine Mark, he's like imagine no Eagle the Planet. Imagine Eagle the Planet was the king of Wakanda. <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out how this plays out and right, how yeah. it works. But but like it like it, it like I don't know I don't know what the connection may or may not end up being. And maybe there is none. Maybe this is just a random. We want to make someone Star Lord. Let's make it Black Panther, or we want to do a Black Panther. What if? I mean, why don't you do like what if Shuri was Black Panther? Instead of T'Challa, what, what, what if you do maybe like? Maybe because they want to have that Because that's gonna be a, that's our future. I think, I think it's because it's Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, <laughs> But like, what if you do like? Oh, what if Killmonger was Black Panther? Or like, what if T'Challa and Killmonger are different? I mean, you know, there's a chance there. that we will get all of what you're saying. I just that's clearly not what the leak images we yeah. saw were this week. Yeah, and like, if you're I, saying, who do you like? What if we had a different Star Lord? I mean, I can think of. Other people that have been better people, like Tony Stark. You could have done what if Tony Stark was Star Wars? I mean, maybe Robert Downey. I don't think he's supposed to be in this show, so maybe they, maybe that was the plan. And he was like, "Nah, I'm good." I am interested in seeing T'Challa as Star Lord though, because he's Quill is so quippy, you know, and he's just so clueless. T'Challa, I feel like, would actually just be a much more capable Star Lord. Oh yeah, T'Challa being in space and dealing with the bizarre things that happen in space being the stoic person he is would be very fascinating. That's a, that would be, fact, gonna be extremely the, uh, the Black Panther comic that is being written right now, uh, he's in space, and it's kind of cool. I uh, read the first, re- first few issues of it. And uh, that would be a cool thing to explore. I just, again, you're doing the what if, the the concept of what if, this seems like a weird choice, but uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> the other thing we got to see, uh, Bucky versus a zombie Captain America. Which is really exciting for a lot of the Marvel fans who love the Marvel zombie comics. I've never been interested because I'm not a horror fan. I don't really like horror. But um, that to me is a straight, like, old shout out to them. Which is cool. I'm glad they did that for them. Um, I'll still watch it, but it's not for me necessarily. Um, and then the other two photos were really stemming from more Cap content. So we had a skinny Steve Rogers assisting uh, Captain Britain, um, Peggy Carter. And there's a cool shot of Peggy Carter on what looks like a, a Mark One Iron Man suit that perhaps is being driven by or run by uh, by that skinny Steve Rogers. So, um, what did what did you guys make of those images we saw? I thought the Bucky looked awesome, by the way, in terms of like taking Sebastian Stan and trying to make him an animated character. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see all these like actors as like animated characters because we've seen. Star Wars do it with the Disney shows. So to see them do it uh, with Marvel do it with Disney is really neat also. Yeah, the animation looks a lot like Star Wars Resistance, mm-hmm. which I think is good because I think the animation Resistance is gorgeous, personally. Yeah. So I am, uh, I think it looks really cool. And I am very, uh, this just gets me much more hype, honestly, for what if. Because uh, I was, um, I was a little concerned, but this looks like it's going to be really cool, actually. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I feel like I look the thing about the Star Lord thing. Like I, the one thing I also will give him credit for is that it is out of the box and creative. You know, like mm-hmm. I also wouldn't want these what ifs to be too obvious, where it's like, oh yeah, what if? I mean, you, like some of them are some of them could be cool, but like. You know, 
like, oh, what if Captain America was Iron Man and Iron Man was Captain America? You know, like, like something like Star Lord, you know, Black Panther being Star Lord is so random that like it's a scenario that I can't really predict what the outcome is. That is fair, you know, or I can't really predict what the story <laughs> they're going to tell is. You know, like yeah. it's so random that like, I have to watch now. So. You know, like the Peggy Carter one is a little more generic, and that's the one they've kind of been, you know, using as kind of an example for the show. But, um, like, based off the cast that they put out for this show at these panels and what they've talked about, there's plenty of characters, there's plenty of stories that they're going to tell. Pretty much, I mean, they think it's almost every character in the MCU or like almost every major character in the MCU going to be in it. I think Robert Downey's not, but I think he's one of the like he, he might be the only one mm. that right now isn't gonna be in the in the show. So like I could be wrong about that. He might be in it for a while for a while. But um So this is this this show is gonna be serious. You know, like I I I'm interested to see how how it plays out. Uh and it's probably the show that's being slept on the most from right now, uh, on Disney Plus. Oh, definitely. It's definitely one of the Marvel shows that being slept, it's being slept on. But I think that it's I I think that it also has arguably the most potential. And the only reason why I say that is because as we've seen with other animated shows, I think animated shows typically just have unlimited potential because you don't have the confines of actors and stunts and budgets in your way. You could draw whatever you want. You could make whatever you want. The stories that you can tell are not confined to basic um, constraints that you have when you're doing live action television. Another plus may be that uh, you know a lot of these animated shows can get canceled purely because of things like oh it didn't sell enough toys to the kids, right? Which I mean, with this one, I mean it's not sell- trying to sell toys to the kids. No. <laughs> you know, they're just trying to make uh, stories. This Which is by Marvel Studios. Right. It's it's similar to why like the excitement there was some excitement for Young Justice three mm-hmm. in that like it was this is just pure right. creative yes. this is a pure creative project. Yes. Like and I would argue the first two seasons are also pure creative projects. But like that that was why it, that's why it's not on the air. <laughs> like it wasn't for like the typical things you see for animated shows in terms of what they were trying to pull in advertising money and things like that. So it's rare you see animated series like these, and that's why I say I I would argue that it may have the most potential because mm-hmm. while there are what ifs that you know we'll never see for you know come to fruition, what they could create could be epic because again you don't have to deal with actors you don't have to deal with money it's kind of just you know, you know your mind is your own playfield and you kind of do whatever you want of it and. That's why uh, now that I know for a fact that it is indeed animated, um, I'm a, I'm very excited for what if I want to see what they're gonna come up with. Um, but I think that's a good place now to quickly uh, talk about Titan the season premiere. So this was the episode called Trigon. It left off pretty much right. It, it started right where we left off last season with the episode Dick Grayson, which ended with Dick, uh, you know, in his weird trippy dream sequence killing. Batman and going to the dark side, and uh, this episode I don't think really worked. Um, it's funny I read something about how the showrunner essentially said that yeah this episode like this episode was not supposed to be shot like this, but they they had to do it this way for some other reason. 
Um, and it, it worked. If it, it makes sense, because I think this episode ended up feeling very disjointed. The first half kind of pretty much is like the end of the last season. And right. I don't know how you guys felt, but I thought the this, the, the the Trigon showdown and the Trigon conclusion was very underwhelming. You know, he takes over everybody after the whole rest of the Titans crew come together. Which, by the way, I was so... I feel like this show also definitely read a lot of the press clippings that they got, clearly. Because the tone shift in this episode is stark in terms of just how less dark it is. Even with the Trigon situation. Like, that like that situation should have been way more darker than it was. But then you have Jason Todd, like, cracking jokes about going in there. And him and, and Hawk and Dove are joking around. And I'm like... It just and, and how many times they used the word Titans in the first twenty minutes? Like Titans, I don't know if the word was used in the first season. If it was, it was used yeah. maybe once or twice. And they're throwing around the word Titans a million times. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, when was it ever established that these are the Titans? I was very confused. Um, mm. but so to me, I thought that they kind of heard some of the complaints that they got last season, which I actually think worked to its detriment, because if you're telling a sh- if you're telling an episode, you're telling a story of an episode. I'm sorry, if you're telling a story that's supposed to really be the end of the last season, you need the tone to kind of still be the same for it to kind of work. Especially when it's going to be a disjointed episode anyway, because it's only half the episode that's that conflict. And because they kind of mixed in that infused, you know, kind of campiness that people, more people wanted with the Trigon stuff, I just don't think it really all ever worked out. I never really quite understood why Raven was able to defeat Trigon. I never quite understood what Trigon did to unlock her darkness by ripping her heart out. I like it all just seemed really bizarre. I mean, for something that I think was somewhat promising, I thought it ended very badly. And I thought his CGI was horrendous. Really? Really? I actually thought, thought you I pretty, thought it was legit. Like, look, no, I, I thought mean, it was awful. Look. You tell me a TV show trying to get yeah, Trigon. You give me a TV Trigon. I'm expecting some Xbox 360. Yeah, like I, don't I like <laughs> I gave like he didn't look like Red Tornado. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that wasn't uh, that it, wasn't I, even CGI. I thought he looked Xbox One. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't make him a puppet. You know, they didn't make him a mannequin. So like, well, I'll give them I'll give them the benefit. Of, I'll give them the credit that they at least. I, I was worried that Trigon was not going to be a thing. Like, yeah, like, I, th- he would be I thought it was just going to be the like, guy. Yeah, it was just going to be the shadow. Or it's going to be a shadow. Like, you know, like you see a demon shadow. I thought, I, I, thought, I thought when he walked demon. out, by the time he walked outside and he was out in that field, I thought, I thought, I thought the inside stuff was not as bad. But after that, I thought it did not work. Hmm. I even thought, like, him, like, the way, like, the woman has, like, he snapped his wife's neck. Like, I think, like, because it was CGI, I think even that looked kind of weird. Because she has to not act like, no way is grabbing her. She has to act like someone's grabbing her. And, like, it just, it was, uh, so disappointing for me. That was a very low moment for me, the whole Trigon stuff. It was just disappointing, again, because I thought they ended the last season uh, pretty strongly. Um, I also thought that, to me, for me, I know Trigon is very powerful. I know Trigon is a beast. But similar to what happened last season with Dick Grayson, I just thought it was kind of, disheartening that like our heroes were so um were so willing to just delve into darkness of just killing people and doing whatever 
when the going got tough. Like, that just seems so anti-heroes. Like, the idea that, like, Jason Todd, okay, I can live with that a little bit. But, even, but again, sometimes, again, the show, I think, kind of goes for things for shock value. Like, the idea of Jason Todd shooting Dick Grayson in the head is a crazy idea. And it's like, but, like, what did it really serve? Um, it, it tells us a little bit about Jason, I guess, that then kind of foreshadows his future. But it seems like a more shock value thing, just like it was seeing Dick Grayson kill Batman quote, or kill a, you know, a prototype, you know, stunt double Batman last season. Uh, you know, Corey, you know, killing Graven, like just into you know, incinerating her, like those. I don't know; those, those just seem like moves that I wouldn't expect heroes to make. And to tell me that these are supposed to be strong-minded people, I thought they kind of lessened all of them. Donna Troy killing the person that killed her father. I don't know. Uh, it just, and and it, I don't know if they really ever explained what exactly was going on in. The whole situation like was try the trigon control them or did he may sound like they did it on their own volition which that's not heroic at all so yeah, i didn't I that know. too everything with trigon this episode just did not work for me. yeah so, i mean it, it's a, it was definitely a confusing episode and i i guess my, my biggest problem is that like again just the placement of it like it should have been the finale last year um, it kind of acts as a finale and the end of the season premiere, but it's, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a good episode. Like, uh, could have been better, of course. Um, you know, I, I think that picking up where we left off obviously was crucial because they left off in, in such a, such a random way, like such a, such a that's such a cliffhanger where it's like, all right, well, you got to pick up right where we listen. So I don't know. I mean, I think I, I thought this episode did a good job of like kind of trying to weave in some of the new, newer characters, and, um, you know, kind of make their stories all connect more or less. I also feel like it was weird how Raven told Dove, we got to get Jason Todd. And he didn't seem to have any purpose in this. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like it was only exposition to get him to be on the team. Like, I don't right. know what his purpose was. Like, I still don't know what his purpose was. I don't know why Dub waking up. They didn't accomplish anything. That whole threesome didn't, there was no, they brought nothing to the table. So what was the whole point of any of that? Yeah, that, yeah, that I don't know. Um, I thought the episode was decent, personally. I thought... Um, I agree. The one the the one thing that did disappoint me was Raven just beating Trigon. I was like, oh jeez, all right. I mean, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> she was, was like, oh, I just feel like beating you now. I was Bye. Like, I was like, all right, like, what? Okay. They had to get him out of here. I get it. We got we got to get you know Deathstroke and uh, you know Batman, and we got to get <laughs> Trigon out of here for now. He'll be back. I, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the one thing I was like, uh. But everything else in the episode, I thought worked. I mean, I think the thing with the them being in the vision, I think it's just their. I mean, it wasn't explained. I think it should have been explained. But I think it was just like their darkness, like they were in that that void, whatever whatever that space was doing. It was completely messing with them, and Trigon was completely messing with them, and they were just, you know, um, you know, they they were just trapped. So, 
Um, but it was I, I I thought it was I thought it was a decent episode overall. I like the character interactions. Um, I like the. Uh, um, I still like this cast. I still like Jason Todd. I think he brings a lot of life to the show. Yeah, I think that kid has a role down packed. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean overall, I thought it was decent. I just I I do agree. It did feel disjointed. This should have been. In the last season, I don't like how they did it like this, but I mean, it is what it is. What are you gonna? Do? I do think that Kendo is. Um, I do like that. I think it's kind of fitting. I think it is great that like Jason Todd is is, is the reason Slade Wilson returns. Like I think yeah. that like his arrogance, like I, I think that that's fitting that this jerk like just not being able to contain himself, like basically invites the most dangerous man on the planet to their doorstep. Like that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. That's that makes sense for Jason Todd. It makes sense for Slade. Like it all. That part I, I like a lot. Yeah, I'm excited. The one thing I like about the show is that they're not afraid to to bring in. I mean, obviously, we got Bruce Wayne and we got like Slade Wilson. Like I'm interested to compare what how does this new Slade Wilson do compared to the Slade Wilson we saw in Arrow? Yeah, you know. Well, the one main different. difference is that this Slade Wilson was retired. Exactly. And and and. Hearing the name Titans was all he needed to be like, all right, it's time to get back to work. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, that's suit. Are we going to get the the, 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 the 15th version of the Judas contract? In what way? Courtesy of eventually, you know. <laughs> oh, do you think we're going to get? Oh, I don't I don't. I've, I've heard <laughs> Another, of Tara. I don't hey, Tara. I wonder how this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope that's not where they're going to go. I don't think yeah, that's where I, I don't go. think so. Um, yeah, either way, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, this uh, Destro looks like he's not messing around. No. So I, I'm definitely interested, intrigued, and very interested to see where that goes. His acting um, was minimal here, but I thought that I liked his mannerisms. But I liked. Oh, I like it. I, I thought that he like had he, he like whatever I expected from him based on what they gave him. I like. I thought he could accomplish everything. Yeah, and Berlanti knows Destro. He does know Deathstroke. He yeah. knows Deathstroke. He's he does Deathstroke very well. Yeah, <laughs> from what I know, and Jeff Johns is working on this as well. So I I I don't think they're gonna have any trouble with Deathstroke. And Deathstroke isn't hard. You know, he's not no. someone where it's like, oh, this is I don't know what to do. Like, no, you know what to do with Deathstroke. He's not very complicated. He has his yeah. weapons locker and his boys setting him up, telling him we got to go to work. Like, you don't have to do much <laughs> with that. So I'm very very excited, and and the action in the show is fantastic. So I'm very excited. I think I think this is I think this is gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be very entertaining. And the big well, kind of one of the biggest moments we had was the sit down and our first introduction yeah, with Bruce. Bruce Wayne. Yep. Yep. And um, played by uh, Ian. I can't remember his last name, but uh, Glenn. Yeah, Ian Glenn. Thank you. Who uh, who as me and Shamar are familiar with from our Throne Tales podcast. He is. Uh, in the Game Jorah. of Thrones show, he's Jorah. Um, what did you make of our Bruce Wayne we got here this week? Uh, I, I, I give him an incomplete. You know, I gotta see, I gotta see more. I don't know, if, like, I don't know how much of Bruce Wayne we're gonna get. Um, but I mean, the fact that they we got him in the first episode is a sign that we're gonna get a good amount. Um, you know, I think I, I still my biggest thing with him, and it was kind of the problem they casted him. It's not a huge deal, but he definitely just a little older. Yeah. He like you know, I can't. He definitely. I mean, no way. And I don't think they're trying to front. He's a prime Batman, but like 
I get Batman Beyond vibes. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's kind of like, you know, he definitely looks like he's like at at the youngest, he's mid fifty. <laughs> like at the youngest, you do be sixties, honestly. He was like, yeah, the youngest he's fifty. He's like he's fifty got, to sixty. He's got the so like, like crow's feet wrinkles going on, like all like yeah, like he's like, very very aged. So what is worth, Iron Glenn is uh fifty eight years old. Well, the actor is fifty eight years old. Baby, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's what he looks like. He looks like young as he can be, mid fifty. So I, that that's throwing me off. And look, maybe that's the character you're telling. Like, <laughs> right. You know, I don't again. I don't think they're trying to pretend like he's thirty five. But, but at the same time, he's running around with Robin. Yeah, exactly. He's it's not, it's not like Jason Todd is Batman. Yeah, and we haven't gotten to Tim Drake or Damien. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I. Yeah, and I love Ian Glenn um, at just him as an actor, but he he is an older yeah. Batman, and and honestly, it seems like they didn't do any work to like try to make him appear younger. No, like I feel like they did with people like Affleck and yeah. other people. Like they tried to make them seem like they were younger than Ian Glenn. Ian Glenn, they're just like, no, you just you know you you know balding, lots of wrinkles, all that. Yeah. Just it is what it is. We're not gonna do nothing. I didn't notice any. I don't think they did any. Like makeup in terms of trying to no, make no, him no. look younger, they're just like you, you. This is we're going for an older Batman here, an aged Batman. So, I mean, it is what it is. He seemed to be living comfortably. You know, he seemed very chill. Yeah, I feel like he, well, he seemed almost like retiredish. So that's the thing. That's what, that's why again I say that this show to me clearly read his press clippings because maybe and maybe they could they could probably explain this away but i mean the batman that they drew that they explained to us was psychotic i mean he sounded psychotic everything about (laughs) him was crazy now to be fair it's a very one-sided take from dick's perspective right but when you see him palling around with this jason todd it kind of adds credence to maybe let let him ride drive the batmobile yeah it kind of adds credence to dick's Thoughts about this Batman. So to see Glenn's Batman be so understanding, so chill. To me, I thought this was the closest thing I've seen to a live action Kevin Conroy Batman. I thought that that, I, I don't know who, I would love to speak to Glenn and say who was he inspired by. I almost guarantee you he would mention the Bruce Timm Batman animated series. That's the closest Bruce Wayne I've seen to him. The same kind of mannerism, the same kind of. In the way he spoke, which he had a lot of issues with the accent, and that could be problematic because you know he's Scottish. He's a very deep Scottish accent, and it was to me it was he was clearly having difficulties, and they did write him in a way in which very short answers, not yeah. a lot of long drawn out um, explanations from him. They definitely tried to protect him a little bit, but that could be issues moving forward if he does end up having to have more lines. But there was one thing I did like was I did like the, I did feel like there was a lot of uh, inspiration in his portrayal and in the writing to the Bruce Timm Batman animated series, which was so fascinating. Just because, I mean, of all the Batman's that we love and we follow, he's the most tame, which is why it's so weird. Because again, Dick paints him to be a lunatic, and he was nowhere nowhere near that. Yeah, yeah, he was really yeah you know, stoic. Uh, like you were saying, like the Batman anime series, Batman. 
very stoic, mature, calm, you know, just how are you doing, dick? What's what's the word kind of thing? Like it wasn't really, um, you know, uh, uh, he wasn't like, you know, he like he wasn't like like the Batman that we see that's constantly looking for the next criminal right. to go after. You know, who's <laughs> what's the penguin doing reading the newspaper? Or like, like, like completely uninterested in like his life as Bruce Wayne. Right. Like, that's the Batman yes. we see very often. This guy seems very comfortable. He seems like, very, he's just like, chilling. Oh, yeah, I'm chilling. Yeah, I just came he's back. He's just hanging out. We do know, uh, we do know he was with the Justice League, so this Batman is in the Justice League. Right. Jason Todd dropped that gem when he, yeah. when the Hawk and Dove pulled up. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. This is, this is going to be crazy. So, I haven't seen Superboy. No. Uh, so, we know Superboy and Crypto are going to show up. I mean, this is going to be insane. Uh, so the team we got now, well, first of all, what's the deal with Starfire? I don't know. I mean, we now know from the trailer, from she's what, gonna interact with more of her people. Right, so, but Anna Drop is still a reg- series regular, correct? We haven't. I believe so. I haven't heard anything else. Okay, because that, yeah, like, no, that, that. like the way they wrote it, they wrote it as if you were writing her off the show. <laughs> Though I, I don't think that's what's happening. Yeah, no. Which would be bad because as we all agreed, that's watching last week, last year's show. Last season, last season. Yeah. that like Jot was one of the top players last year. She did a great job at Starfire. Yeah, I thought she was pretty good. Yeah, um, I thought she was good. So I don't know if her being less around the team is something I want to see. But they did trade her for Jason Todd, who is phenomenal. So <laughs> I can, if you're going to trade her for anybody, that would be probably someone I could live with. Um, they're in Titans Tower now, though. Or something like it. Yeah. I, when, they, yeah. When, they, when they did that pan out, I thought they were going to pan out something that looked like Titan's Tower. I was kind of uh, upset that it ended up just Oh, being, no. Like, I, the I, didn't, I didn't escape of, uh, of San yeah, Francisco. I didn't, yeah, I didn't that expect been, that. That would have been a little corny. That, that would have been a you little been over corny? the top. No, I mean, that would have been great. Yeah, big T, like, what? No, yeah, that would have yeah, been a big T in terms of In San Francisco, like... Nah, no, this show is going all in already. Like you might as well just go. I mean, yeah, the show is corny in itself, but <laughs> exactly. No, nah, that's something I would have totally co-signed if they would have did that. Yeah, I would have been like, wait, what? Um, yeah. I think we got to everything in this episode. Yeah, we got well, to everything. We got to all major points. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm ready for them to get to the next season. I felt like this. I, I feel like this episode was like almost like a, a like a like a prologue almost. Yeah, to me, like it was like kind of the end of last season, and then like nothing really substantial happened for next season other than showing us that Slade Wilson is going to be on the hunt. But like that was it, really. So I don't know if it's really worked as a season premiere, but I I want to see where this uh, how this continues, and and the show, as you guys said, is similar to Gotham that uh, it is always entertaining and always interesting. It's never uninteresting. It's um. It may get you frustrated, it may make you annoyed, but it's never uninteresting. So we'll see how Berlanti and the crew uh, figure out the rest of the season. But I think that's going to be the end of this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening and joining us this week. Of course, uh, we do uh, plenty of podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Make sure you catch us on social media as well. You can find us on Instagram, New Generation Podcast, on Twitter, at New Generation Pod. And on Facebook, New Generation Media. Shamari is on Snapchat and, and uh, Instagram at nsham 22 You can find me on Twitter and uh, Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, on Instagram, 
Atin EJ. That does it once again for this week's episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take these guys. Peace.